Welcome to the Vail Christian Church Podcast. This week, Pastor Ben Pitney has a message titled God's Vision and will be teaching from Philippians chapter 1, verses 27 through 30. At Vail Christian Church, we believe in training followers of Christ to worship, gather, give, and serve. today. I don't know about you, but I was abruptly sort of like shocked by the cold water coming out of the hand washing stations. (laughs) Somebody forgot to turn the heater on. And um, then I realized we only turn the heater on during the summer (laughs) out there. So um, I could not believe that actual ice was not coming out of those uh, that, that water station thing. Man, my goodness. So, um, it is 2021, and um, I'm certain that this year will be ever bit as much like 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty certain that there's going to be craziness in 2021 that it's nothing's over necessarily. But I'm looking forward to uh, 2021. I am. I think that um, I think the Lord has some really good things in store for us. I know that there were so many things that everybody would love to just see left behind in 2020, and and you know. Sure, but I, I believe that God has good things in store for us. And it's a, a matter of perspective. And I think focusing on what uh, the Lord really wants of you and I. So I know that, uh, you know, there's been plenty of time where you have been forced to maybe do some things you didn't want to do. Maybe turn your bedroom into your office or your dining room into a, 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 some kind of an office. Lots of working from home, lots more time learning how to homeschool your children, <laughs> right? Uh, lots of things have been really, really changed from sporting, sporting events or just any kind of event, right? So much has really changed and I think the Lord has been in the midst of all of it, so it's a good time at the top of the year, at the new year. I'm not big on resolutions, New Year's resolutions and things like that, but I do believe that we should be reminded and revisit often what is God's heart, what is God's mission and, and vision for the church, for Christ followers. What is his heart all about? And um, I'm reminded throughout the scripture that God does have a vision. And so um, I'd like you to turn to Philippians chapter 1 and maybe mark your Bible there. And 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to look at a couple of passages that I think reveal God's heart. While you're doing that, I want you to be reminded of the the mission statement. We have a, a unique DNA as a church. 
our mission statement, our vision at Vail Christian Church is making room in life to connect people to God. And so uh, we placed a pretty high premium on this idea of making sure that we have space, making sure that we have room in our lives for other people, being intentional about margin in our lives. You know, if you've been around Vail Christian Church uh, any length of time, you've heard me say, try reading a book without any margin or white space between the letters, <laughs> right? And it, it'd be really hard, really confusing. It won't make a whole lot of sense. So margin and space in our lives is really important. In any place, it's important. Without the margin, the intentional margin, without the intentional space, without the intentional room, there's not much left for other people. And God's heart and God's mission is all about the gospel, transforming us, transforming uh, others from the inside out, this good news we call the gospel. So in Paul's letters, I think he reveals God's heart pretty often to us, and I, I want to go there and let's... Uh, look together. First in Philippians chapter 1, starting in verse 27, let's just read, starting there first. So he says, only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or whether I remain absent, I should hear that you're standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, by contending, that's a great word to underline, that word contending. By contending side by side for the faith of the gospel. And not by being intimidated in any way by your opponents. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and there's two verses. Verse 4 and verse 6 that I want to focus on. He, he says some things, he reveals some things about God's heart. In the midst of some things that he's saying and, and, and teaching and communicating to the church in Corinth. He says in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4. He says, among whom the God of this age has blinded the minds of those who do not believe. So that they would not see, and here it comes, the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. Who is the image of God. And if you skip down to verse 6, he says, For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, is the one who shined in our hearts to give us the light of the glorious knowledge of God in the face of Christ. So, when I read these verses, I get a glimpse of God's heart and God's vision. The vision of God. Philippians 1.27, he says, Only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. I can see, and you should be able to see in the gospel, God's heart, God's vision, what his plan here is. Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. That is, when you put these things together, when you, when you, when you unearth God's heart here, it, he, he's saying... Let your life be worthy of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God. Or 
Let your conduct of life be worthy of the glory of God in the face of Christ. So when we hear the gospel that Jesus Christ died to save sinful people like you and I and rose to conquer death, what we must see and what we must believe is God's vision is contained here. God's vision is Christ coming to serve. That's God's vision. God's vision is Christ crucified. God's vision is Christ risen and reigning. And becoming a follower of Jesus is what happens when the light of this vision shines so bright in the, in the lives of a, a sinful person like myself or yourself. It overpowers the heart of that sinful person. And it outshines everything else that they treasure. So I, I think that, I think it's important at the top of the year to be reminded, what is God's heart in the midst of all of uh, life? What is, what is his vision for, for us? What does he want of us? What is he, what is important to him? In light of these things that Paul's communicating, when you draw the truth out of the text about God's heart, I think he, he, he communicates to us how to live worthy of the gospel. The gospel is paramount. The gospel is premium. It's the gospel that transforms us from the inside out. And it is our mission as a church, to make room in life in order to explain Jesus, in order to present the gospel, in order to communicate God's heart. That's, a, that's our job. And, it, and the, God has given us this purpose, right? So how do you live worthy of the gospel? Because that's what Paul's trying to communicate. He says, you should live worthy. You need to conduct yourself in a manner that is worthy of that that mission, that, that unbelievable, miraculous gift that God gives us that transforms us from the inside out. So I, I think we're ready to see what, how Paul describes the way to live or conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. And, and if there's anything I need, it's, it's to be reminded, how am I supposed to live? What is my job? What is my purpose? I, I just need direction. I, I, I need guidance, and I need it laid out for me. And Paul lays it out really Quite simple and straightforward, I think. And at the top of the year, that's, that's what I need. And he gives us basically three traits through these verses. Three things to focus on here. Three traits that give us real clear direction. In verses 27 through the beginning of verse 28. Starting in, in verse 27. Here it is. Standing firm in one spirit. Standing firm in one spirit. So he's saying, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Which the gospel of Christ is God's heart. That's his vision right here. So that, he says, I should hear that you are standing firm in one spirit. In the midst of everything going on, and what I, whether I come to you or not, Paul is saying, when I, whether I stay here or whether I, I, I show up in your presence, I should be hearing amongst everything that's going on that you're standing firm 
in one spirit. You're standing firm. That's, that's clear for me. Stand firm. You know, in the midst of all of this, the church and Christ followers, everything that we've kind of been facing over this last year, and I think everything that we're going to face in the future, the church has kind of been shook and kind of been rocked, but, but we should stand firm in one spirit. Verse 27, this, the, the second trait here that you, you see, he, he uses this great word. He says, contending side by side for the faith of the gospel. Contending. So he's saying, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. That's God's heart. That's God's vision. That's what he's all about, the gospel of Christ, by contending side by side for the faith of Christ. So you're standing firm in one spirit, and you're contending side by side for the faith of the gospel. That word contend is awesome, right? That's, a, that's an athletic word. It's compete. That's strive. That's labor. That's work. That's an offensive word, right? So live your life in a way, in a manner that's worthy of God's heart, and, here's, and how do you do that? By contending, by fighting, by laboring, by rolling up your sleeves side by side for the faith of the gospel. We're standing firm. That's giving me clear direction. Verse 28, I'm going to summarize it like this. Verse 28, fearlessness in the presence of enemies. So he's saying, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, not by being intimidated in any way by your opponents. Don't be intimidated. Let's be fearless. Man, I am motivated by these words. How can you put these three traits of conduct worthy of the gospel of Christ into a unified statement? How can you do that? How can you, if you lumped them all together, I didn't spend a tremendous amount of time doing this, but how could you do it? You could put them together in your own words. This is what I come up with. We're conducting ourselves worthy of the gospel when we are contending for the faith of the gospel with fearlessness and unity. Don't you want to be a part of a church, a household of faith, and a family of families that is contending for the faith of the gospel with fearlessness and unity? I mean, that sounds like a really effective mechanism. That sounds like a really effective thing to be a part of. I want to be a part of something like that. In the midst of, 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 of a world that just kind of feels out of control and not quite sure what's true and what's right and where the truth is and all of that kind of stuff, I want to be around people. I want to be around Christ followers who are contending for the faith of the gospel with fearlessness and unity. That's the kind of church I want to be a part of. That's the kind of vision I want to uh, give my life to. I want to give my heart to. Or what if I said it like this? The traits of conduct worthy of the gospel are a unified, fearless, contending for the faith of the gospel kind of faith. Man, I, 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 I want to be a part of a movement, a mission, a purpose that's described like that. It's possible 
It's possible that while Paul's writing to this church, that contending for the faith of the gospel that he's talking about right here refers to the zeal or the vigilance or the, the, the energy that we should show to strengthen and preserve our own faith. It's possible that he's talking about our own faith here, but I doubt that's what Paul really has in mind. I don't think so. I think he has in mind the sorts of efforts we make to spread the faith of the gospel. And the reason why, this is about spreading the, the faith of the gospel. This is about something bigger than, than ourselves. The reason I think this is, is because look at verse 28. Because look at what he speaks of here. In verse 28, he says, not being intimidated in any way by your opponents. Now think about this, opponents. I describe that as enemies. In other words, the situation that Paul has in mind here is something public. It's something public. Some effort for the gospel is met with opposition. When you move forward in the... The, the letter to the Philippians, to chapter 2 and verse 15. He refers to them as, all right, he says, children of God without blemish, though you live in a crooked and perverse society in which you shine as lights in the world. So what Paul is saying is that in order to conduct yourself, in order to conduct your life, worthy of the gospel, that's God's heart. The gospel is God's heart. This good news that God made a way to be in his presence through Jesus, right? This good news. There must be a unified, fearless contending for the gospel, an effort in some way to see the gospel spread and win more and more to faith in the world of unbelief. It's an offensive effort to see it go viral. To see it go viral. Contending for the faith of the gospel. Now, I, I want to read this verse that I keep going back to through Eugene Peterson's paraphrase called the message. It's not a translation. It's a paraphrase. Okay, It's meant, actually, Eugene Peterson wrote this paraphrase in order, uh, he intended it to be read audibly, okay? Look, what, look how he says it. He says, meanwhile, live in such a way that you are a credit to the message of Christ. Let nothing in your conduct hang on whether I come or not, okay? Don't do it for me. Your conduct must be the same whether I show up to see things for myself or hear it from a distance. Here it is, you ready? Stand united, singular in vision, contending for people's trust in the message, the good news. Man, does that sound, does that, does that motivate? You see, the word Paul uses for contending, this word contending Sunath Leo, Sunath Leo, that's the word. You can hear the word athleo in there, right? Sunath Leo, that's where we get the word athlete. That's where we get the word athlete. It's the word used in 2 Timothy 2.5 where Paul says, he says this, 
If anyone competes, Sunath Leo, as an athlete, he will not be crowned uh, uh, as the winner unless he competes according to the rules. So it's also used in Philippians 4.3. So if you slip down in Philippians 4.3, Paul tries to get Euodia and Syntyche to be reconciled with each other after their dispute. So, I you know, it's just like anywhere. These people are fussing. They're, they're, they, they, they've, they've been working really hard, and they've linked their arms, and they're all about the gospel, but they have a dispute. So Paul says in Philippians 4.3, he says, yes, I say also to you, true companion, help them. They have struggled together. There it is, Sunneth Leo, in the gospel, in the gospel ministry, in the gospel work, right, along with me. And Clement and my other co-workers whose names are in the book of life. So in these uses of the word translated contend, it's, it's, it's labor, it's compete, strive. It has an, in it the, the effort and the discipline and the endurance of an athletic endeavor. Have you ever thought about that? That our mission in our mandate, the center of God's heart is that we contend like athletes in our endeavor here, in our mission. You know, there have been people that's, that said, you know, Vail Christian Church is a pretty athletic church. You have this thing going on all the time called Run for God. We've put more people in this ministry called Run for God that reach out to the running community, and it's produced all kinds of other things. And, and then along with P31 and all these things that we do um, to compete in races and stuff like that. I mean, people have said, wow, you guys do a lot of things uh, like that. What this means, I think what the implications are, are here is that the one essential way to live and to conduct your life worthy of the gospel is to focus your eyes on the goal of spreading the faith of the gospel and then apply the effort and the discipline and the endurance of an athlete to reaching that goal. You know, athletes, good athletes, I mean, they are very focused and disciplined, aren't they? This is, this is what I think Paul's after here. He's after this. And this contending for the faith of the gospel, that, that sounds to me like something I got to be reminded at the top of the year. This is what I should be. I should be about. This is what Vail Christian Church should be about. So we we cast this vision all the time about making room in our lives. We have to be intentional about room in our lives if we're if we're to compete. If we're to compete, if we're to strive, if we're to labor, if we're to make any effort, you've got to. Be intentional about creating room. 
How does this have anything to do with me? What, what, what are you getting at? Here, here's the greatest implication that I, I feel like I could come up with. Just if you, if you search the scriptures for God's heart, he's all about the gospel. Here, here's what it is for me. All of the living, all other ways of living, everything else in life minimizes the gospel if you're not about this contending part, right? Contending for the gospel. So when Paul says that this kind of life, that this is the kind of life that's worthy of the gospel, he means that any other kind of life any other thing that we do minimizes the gospel. So not striving to spread the faith of the gospel is to treat the gospel like it's cheap. We've got to be all about the gospel. That's like explaining to people who Jesus is and how he's the way. If the gospel is a vision of the glory of Christ without which no one can be saved, it's the most valuable thing anybody can know. And so to conduct your life worthy of the gospel, we simply must become, as it were, athletes, men and women athletes. That's what Paul is teaching us right here. Men and women athletes. None of us is going to be measured in our athletic excellence against the, the unbelievable athletic powers of the Apostle Paul or maybe somebody like um, the gospel writer John, we're going to be measured against what we could have done, not by what somebody else could have done. All, and, and, and we all can do something if we love the gospel of the glory of Christ. So at the top of the year, I am highly motivated to see the glory of Christ exalted when the gospel is believed. I want to see it go viral. I'm interested in all kinds of things, and lots of stuff is important to me, right? I get focused on the craziest stuff, right? I, I, I love sports. I can't believe uh, how much of my life is focused on, on sports and teams and, and hunting and, and fishing and all this kind of stuff have lots of things that seem like uh, that are really important. And I know you do too. But do these relatively minor and insignificant things and events make us want to wave this banner more with more athletic zeal than the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the very image of of the omnipotent God. I've been thinking through more and more where I spend my time, talent, and treasure and my energy. All of the live, living, everything else that I investing my life in minimizes the gospel if I'm not careful. What is this really have to do with me. The gospel is worthy of all acceptance by, by all. I need to be more and more about spreading the vision of God's glory so we exist as a church not to just savor, savor this great glory that we, that we have, 
in the face of Christ and not to just instill and deepen and clarify that, that vision and learn and study and, and all that, but to spread that vision. If, if, if we could come under the judgment of the city fathers, the, 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 the authorities of the, of, um, of the community, the way the apostles did in Acts chapter 5. You know, when you go to this scene in Acts chapter 5, the apostles are seriously scolded by the city authorities. Look at verse 28. Let me put it up here. It says, we gave you strict orders not to teach in this name. You know, the name of Jesus, we give you strict orders not to do that. Look, you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching. Wouldn't it be awesome if the city authorities were so upset with Vail Christian Church that they said, you have filled Vail with your teaching? <laughs> I mean, that is the greatest testimony you can read right there. Isn't that amazing? You have filled Jerusalem with your teaching. Your striving for the faith of the gospel won't be like anybody else's exactly. So even though we're linked arms and we're, we're, we're standing firm, you can't be paralyzed in your imagination by comparing yourself to other people. Not everybody's an amazing uh, teacher. In fact, we don't just let anybody teach classes, okay? You need to be gifted as a teacher. But there's so many things at Vail Christian Church that, are, that, that, that we need that are a part of this mission and this mandate that we have. There's so many opportunities. Don't compare yourself to others, right? Dream your own dreams. God wills for you to contend for the faith of the gospel. Do something effort and discipline and endurance strive to promote the light of the gospel in the glory of Christ it may be that you're going to start a community group lots of people want to be in a community group most everybody should be a part of a community group we try to break things down in smaller fashions in order to be known and celebrated and study and worship and gather and serve and give but maybe you should not just be in one maybe you should start one Maybe you should start one. We need more and more of those. Maybe you should lead one. Maybe your gifts are just having people into your home. You have this gift of hospitality. And in, in the midst of all of this, there are ways still to exercise your gifts. I mean, we did this thing uh, this last year where we invited people just to sit in our driveway and watch a movie outside, right? Maybe you love to read books and you, you just need to be sharing books that you are reading that are all about your faith. Maybe you should lead a Bible study of just groups of people with you. Is the church going to shine in the midst of a selfish and fearful generation or not? What is happening is crazy. You know, I, I've done a little reading of the bubonic plague in the 1340s, the 1300s, the bubonic plague. Do you know that it wiped out one-third of the population of Europe? And I was reading how the church actually did a lot of shining in the midst of all of that, Christ followers. Is the church going to shine in the midst of all of this craziness? 
in 2021? Maybe you can compete for the faith of the gospel by weaving your way into one of those um, dreadful neighborhood association boards. I mean, we need good Christ followers in, in, in the midst of those places, right? In the middle of a task force for in, in the school district, right? Maybe you need to be one of these people that invite another young mother to come to your the story time thing that happens on Thursdays, right, once a month. That thing is fantastic. Maybe you need to bring some teenagers to youth group on Tuesdays or Wednesdays, not just to bring teenagers to youth group, but maybe to reach their parents. Maybe you just need to get yourself trained to be a Sunday school teacher or helper. Elizabeth's looking for people to do that. Maybe you should talk to Pastor Matt about all the four life teams and all the things that they do. I mean, there's so many great frontline things that our four life team does. What does this have to do with me? The possibilities are limitless. Dream your own dreams. God will honor any step, little steps, baby steps you take to compete and contend for the faith of the gospel. And I believe that's what God's heart is, his mission for us. You have to make room. We've been forced to make room, most of us, whether we like it or not. Lately, right? The possibilities are limitless. Can I go back just really quickly? Standing firm in one spirit. That's God's heart. Contending side by side. Fearless in the presence of our enemies, our opponents. I don't think it's going to get easier for the church. I think it's going to get harder. I think that we're going to be defined by what we believe about a lot of things. And the truth, the truth is going to be more and more important for you to know and be saturated with. We are contending for the faith of the gospel with fearlessness and unity. That's, that's our mission. That's God's heart. Will you bow your head with me just for a few minutes? Lord, thank you. Um, at, the, at the start of the new year, Lord, I'm praying that you might motivate us in a way that helps us recognize that uh, we're supposed to be athletes. Athletes striving and laboring and working hard to spread virally this good news that changes us from the inside out. Lord, help us to be that kind of church, that kind of household of faith, a family of families, Christ followers, carrying out your mission and your mandate with purpose. In the midst of all the craziness, Lord, we, we thank you for reminding us of our, our purpose, who we are, who we're supposed to be, and what we're supposed to do. We want to please you, Lord, so empower us, stretch us, cause us to grow, and motivate us, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Thank you for listening to the Vail Christian Church Podcast. If you have any questions, would like more information about our church, or would like to see the video cast of this message, please visit our website at www.vailchristian.com.